Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And welcome to... Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a special solo interview episode with the Ringers' Chris Vernon. I've been listening to him for a while as he covered the Grizzlies on ESPN Radio in Memphis, created the iconic all-heart grit grind Tony Allen t-shirt so we commiserate a bit about the Grizzlies and talk about you know breakfast and basketball that's our thing uh, if you want more Chuck and John you can go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast and sign up for our slack chat they are responding to all the breaking free agent news there so that's how we stay the most in touch with our most ardent supporters and listeners again that's patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast. My guest today is the host of the Ringer NBA podcast. He is also the host of the Chris Vernon Show podcast for Grind City Media and loves Tony Allen as much as I do. Mr. Chris Vernon. Chris, how's it going? Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Man, very excited to have you on. Uh, what's what's the mood like in Memphis this post Zach Randolph Memphis? Uh, I think everybody's still sad, right? Uh, you, you, the moratorium ended this morning, and so now you have all of the tributes and the letters, and it all becomes real. And then you're going to see Zach Randolph. You know, Sacramento will inevitably put something out about him signing a contract and maybe have a press conference or something and everybody can get depressed all over again. I mean, it's going to take a little while when you have a guy that everybody has cheered and rooted for for the last eight years and has been like the signature performer of those eight years. So I think probably a little sad. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully the Grizzlies will be in the news for making some moves and improving the roster. And, you know, sports moves fast, right? A year ago, everything was hell in Oklahoma City. You know, they lose Kevin Durant, and now look, they've had the best of all off-seasons uh, by many people's accounts of adding Paul George and signing Roberson back up and adding Patrick Patterson, and a lot of people think that they're on to something really special. So things move really fast, but for right now, given that the only thing the Christians have had is Ben McElmore and they've lost Zach Randolph and the Tony Allen and Jermichael Green things are still up in the air, I wouldn't say the mood is great. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was at, I live in Nashville, and I was at uh, July 4th cookout, and I even there just ran into a couple people who were devastated that Zach Randolph was gone. So I couldn't even imagine what, you know, all the fans in Memphis and all the people I follow on Twitter on Memphis, just like people, people really upset. And I think most, at least a lot of Memphis fans understood you know, the situation that the Grizzlies couldn't commit much salary cap room to Zach and he wasn't a great fit for maybe what they wanted to do, but it was like, 
when it actually happened, you know, when you get that Woj bomb and you're like, Zach Randolph's gone, uh, it definitely stung, definitely hurt. And I also think not having a clear replacement or heir apparent in place, like with Jamichael Green's situation being kind of weird, like, I think that really affected also kind of the mood of, of Grizzlies fans being like, you know, if he's gone and we don't have anything else, like maybe it stings a little bit more. No, when I talked about it this morning, that's one of the things I said. It's okay, right? People will get over it if you get better. Yeah. But don't be a don't be a mid forties team with a bunch of guys that be, uh, you know mid forty win team with with player. Uh, if you're gonna win mid forties, let, uh, let us root for the guys we love. You know. Yeah. And you gotta you got you got some convincing to do. Like we're not talking we're not talking about four years or five years. You know, he signed a two year deal. Theoretically, Tony Allen will probably do the same. So, if you're going to move on from those guys, well, then get me guys that are going to help you win as much as they will over the course of the next two years. In the end, that's what it's about: winning and losing. Like all these moves and the money that you spend is about winning and losing. And so, you know, if you if 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 you make your are is your team better because and yeah, you've moved on from them and your team is better because of it then I think people can handle it. But if you move on from them and it makes your team worse, uh, I ain't going to play. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my difficulty. Again, I- I'm kind of a crazy Tony Allen fan. I think I first discovered your radio show because, I-, I don't know, I heard maybe you were the big Tony Allen fan guy and I was listening to you and I'm like, oh yeah, this this guy gets it. Like, like whatever it was, like four, four or five years ago. Like, he knows. Tony Allen makes the Grizzlies better when he's on the court. So obviously Tony Allen now... You know, he's getting near the end of his career. Uh, People talk a lot about him losing a step. But what you just said about, like, if you're going to move on, you got to get, you know, better players. I'm really struggling with a guy who was still second team all defense, still led the NBA in steal percentage, uh, was one of the best rebounding guards as far as grabbing contested rebounds. Like, if they move on from him to a Ben McLemore and Wayne Selden, to me that sounds like it's more of a – I don't know, a culture thing. It's less about an on-court performance. Um, do you think that's fair? Well, I, you know, well and he shot 47% from the field, right? So yeah. in the end, Tony is not going to be your starting shooting guard playing 35 minutes a night. But I don't mind him being a role player. And so many of these games come down to the last three minutes, and I still trust him to get a stop uh, against the big-time players on the other teams. you got to have somebody that can – that can guard. And I, I, and the other thing is I am, I am very scared of losing the culture that there is a, that he embodies, even if he is in a diminished role, he still embodies this whole idea that you give it everything you've got every night, this all heart grit grind ethos that has been adopted by the franchise. Um, and I do think he has a, you know, he has a wear off effect on other guys. I don't want to lose being the team that everybody is scared to play. I don't want to lose being the team that if a fight broke out on the court, that you've got the intimidators on your team, or you've got the guys that are willing to dive in the stands to get loose balls, or there's that type of Grizzlies player. And it just seems like it's, it's going the other way that this quote type of Grizzlies player, the ones that have always been, even when the team wasn't that good, these have always been the fan favorites. The, the Zacks and the Tonys, but even prior to that, even when the years where the team was not all that popular amongst the fans, 
people love Shane Battier. People love James Posey. People love those type of players. Um, and so I don't want to get away from that. And even if it just means hanging on to that so that you can teach the young guys that this is the way you play um, and having that some kind of a veteran presence that shows you, you know, this is, this is how, this is how you play. Um, I think it matters. And so I don't, I don't want to get away from that. I want there to be a grizzly type of player um, that when you look around the league, you say, man, that guy would be a great grizzly or he would fit as a grizzly. I, I, I don't want to just be a worse version of what everybody else is trying to do. I like being different. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I've just grown very, very pessimistic where all, all the news seems to be pointing that, uh, that Tony Allen's moving on. Uh, thinking about those, those older Grizzlies teams, I remember my wife always loved Chucky Atkins because she was like, that guy just plays so hard. Like, like the, yeah. the, the one year Chucky Atkins was, a, was, was back up point. Um, the Grizzlies roster, if they do, assuming they're moving on from Tony, I don't know about the Jermichael Green thing, but it seems like they're stacking up on, I don't want to use the term JV, as a negative sense, but like they have all these guys who are kind of borderline NBA players. And it seems like they've just kept adding them the last two years. Which... I've, just, I've just got to believe that there are big roster moves on the way. Yeah. I refuse to believe that this roster, as we look at it right now is what it's going to look like. I just can't. I mean, you just don't, you've only got so many veterans on the team right now. And once you get past your top two guys, like as it stands, as we're recording this, Jermichael Green's not in the fold. Okay. And we don't know what kind of offer or whether the Grizzlies are going to match, but I, I'm pretty hopeful that he's going to come back. But anyway, he's not there now. So if you just wrote down the roster right now, once you get past Mike and Mark, all you've got is question marks Yeah. in terms of can this guy be a really good player in your eight-man rotation? Because right now, I mean, like even guys that are veteran guys, Troy Daniels was playing sporadically in the playoffs. Brandon Wright didn't play at all. And these are your other veterans on the team. And so now, when you go down that list, you know, we don't know what Chandler's going to be. Chandler says, I mean, I talked to him last week. He says he feels amazing. He says he has no issues with the knees. But we got to see what kind of player he is. Um, and he has to be, he has to be good. Now, if he's good, it changes a lot of things regarding the team. Now, you also have a couple of your young guys got to become real players. But you just got way too many guys that have no legitimate NBA minutes under your belt. It's okay to have, you know, even six or seven, you know, half your roster be those type of guys. But what you can't have is, you know, four guys be guys that have logged real NBA minutes. And then the rest of the, and then the other 10 or 11 be guys that have no real experience, or you just don't know if they're eight man rotation players or not. So I would, I would guess that there's, there's got to be moves on the horizon because you look at the roster right now, you can't sell that to fans and you can't, you can't sell that to Mike and Mark. I mean, you're trying to maximize their primes right now and you can't have, you know, Mike, Mark Chandler Parsons and the Memphis hustle around them. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of my, that's kind of my thought It's like, this is the prime of the, you know, probably the two best players the Grizzlies have ever had. You know, maybe Zach, you know, like three, four years ago was in that conversation. But you have the prime of like the two kind of best franchise players right now. And as you said, they're surrounded by 11 guys who could be arguably on the Memphis hustle. 
like guys who have never scored 20 points in a basketball game and five of them have never played in a basketball game. So like, I, I, I think Grizzly fans are nervous all over that they're just kind of walking a fine line of, we know we don't want to tear it down and blow it up. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just not going to overreact now. This is one of those where, you know, the patience is a virtue. I do think we got to sit back and I'm not going to react hardcore until it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, I got to believe that they're working on a lot of different things. You never know how this stuff is going to shake out. But let me see that 15 man roster when, when they're going into the season. And then we can decide, did, did they make themselves better this off season or did they make themselves worse this off season? But where they pretty well got their roster wrapped up at the very beginning of free agency last year, I think this year is the polar opposite. And so I'm willing to let it all play out. I'm willing to see what, what, what the signings and the moves that are made. And then let me look at that 15 man roster, because I just, I just refuse to believe that the 15 man roster, if I wrote it down today, looks like it's going to look when it's time for training camp. Yeah. And I think that's the right perspective because now NBA teams can carry 20 guys on their roster up until the season starts. So in the off season, you can pick up extra guys. I know in, pre- in previous years, the Grizzlies have kind of had their team set in July, like 15 guys under contract or, and even like last year, it was like, are they going to waive Jordan Adams to add another guy? And, and they did. So I, I do like the idea of the Grizzlies waiting and seeing what happens. Cause you see with these, we've had these big NBA trades and then you have teams talking about having to move players, the Celtics who the Grizzlies have traded with in the past, you know, needing to get rid of Marcus smart or Jay Crowder, one, like one of those guys. So I do really like the Grizzlies, uh, keeping their options open, keeping their book open. You know, we're like, we don't need to settle uh, on the 15, you know, right now. I am curious, though, uh, kind of to wrap up on the Grizzlies. Uh, Robert Perra said they're going to retire number 50. Chris Wallace wrote a really nice kind of thank you letter. Is there going to be one of those for Tony? Like, Like if Tony moves on? I feel like they set the bar pretty high. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know if they would ever let anybody wear number nine again, but I would probably say that he would get likewise treatment. Um, maybe not as much as Zach, uh, but certainly I, I, I've never gotten the sense that the organization doesn't understand what Tony Allen has meant to the fan base in that organization. It doesn't matter what anybody else in the outside world thinks. They're well aware of how important Tony has been to everything that has happened over the course of the last seven years with that Grizzlies franchise. So I think uh, if it comes to that point and Tony Allen's not going to be a Memphis Grizzly, I would imagine that he gets, uh, he gets some unbelievable treatment too. Yep. Uh, we normally, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even I want to talk about that. I ain't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm, talk- just, I'm just now, I'm just settling on the Zebo stuff. You, you chill out on the whole Tony ain't going to be here. We got to write letters about him. <laughs> it's it's a uh, yeah, it's sad man. We've uh, we we cover the NBA our podcast does nationally, but we are two of us are Grizzlies fans and so we've actually been having like moratoriums on talking about him cuz we're we're getting we're getting a little a little bummed out. But I want to talk about <laughs> uh, your transition like you, you were uh, you know, like you were on the radio in Memphis. It's like when I first heard about you. Yeah. And then uh, whatever happened like they didn't want you back or whatever it was, but you ended up doing the ringer podcast stuff. And then I working for grind city media. And for me, from someone who lives outside of Memphis, 
it, it was great for me because your, uh, your, <laughs> your radio show got compressed to just Grizzlies things, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, now I have it all in one place. I don't have to skip well, through. Well, I mean, they, they wanted me back. They just wanted me back for three years. Oh, and yeah. I, I didn't want to sign. I, I don't – listen, I don't uh, – I think the future is uh, going to be a much different place in the media landscape. Yeah. Um, I was well aware of that. I have two children. I do not think that radio is going to be – uh, a, a viable career, you know, the budget numbers don't go up, they go down. Right. And it's, I've just seen the internet and you're seeing it with so many of my, with my friends and my colleagues and many of them in the writing industry, you see what the, what the internet has done to the writing industry. You see what it does to the TV industry now, and it, it's taking no prisoners. And a lot of that's because of the advertising dollars too associated with, right. That it used to be that, that's the only way you could have an audience. The only way you could have an audience is if, you know, when I first started, it was like if you had a name and you had a blog or you had a, a radio show, then you could have an audience. Well, now, you know, your grandma can go to the best restaurant in Nashville. She can post a picture of it and 300 people see it. And then they're sharing it and then they're liking it and all this. Like everybody's got an audience now, everybody. And yeah. so you have to figure out what's going to happen. And for me, moving over into the podcast world, I thought, you know, you're seeing a lot of people do this and, and a lot of people older than me. Right before I did it, Tony Kornheiser moved off of radio in Washington. And you saw um, guys like, uh, you've even seen Mike Francesa, who was like the godfather of sports talk in New York. He's talking about moving to it. I just think that, we are moving into such an on-demand world that what you're starting to realize is people aren't on your time anymore. You're on their time. Yeah. So you, if I can keep putting out content, right, then I can, if people can get around to it when they get around to it. And I think that right now it's still kind of, I don't want to say infancy, because things are picking up more and more and more each and every week. Um, but I do think that that's, you know, you got to be able to do so much more than just be a radio host now. And I just, I don't, I didn't know the long-term viability of that. And the other thing was I did have that. I thought Bill Simmons might hire me to do that ringer thing. And I would have been stopped. I, I don't, I, it, it would have been impossible for me to do both do the radio and that. And I would have been looked up in a year and just resented everybody and hated myself and wished I'd at least, taking a shot at that because um, I grew up a big Simmons fan and that was like a dream. Like, I mean, you, you bust your ass. So hopefully one day Bill Simmons calls you and asks you to do something for him. And here the moment was, and it's like, really, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up in a year and be the midday host in Memphis and wonder what might've been. So at least I've taken my shot. No. Yeah. And it seems to work. It seems to have worked out great. I'm curious now that you've transitioned, like, because you still work locally for the Grizzlies and you still do the game day coverage for the Grizzlies. Uh, uh, how, how is your, how is your daily routine and your basketball watching routine changed now that you also have the national audience of the, the ringer NBA show? Oh, I certainly have to be uh, more aware of everything else going on, but honestly, when, even when I was on the radio, I was so, I, I was probably more NBA centric than, anybody else right like i mean i i was still going to be watching and it gives me i like being able to see all these other guys in person i hope 
you know, even though I'm doing it from a national perspective and yeah, I'm going to Grizzly games. It also gives me the opportunity to be seeing these players, you know, from 20 feet away. Um, and it gives me a different perspective on all of these different teams. So I would say, listen, I was, I was the guy that was watching league pass at night. Anyway, I'm not, I don't really watch television shows, um, per se. I don't, there's not much that I watch. And so like, even now at night or during the day, um, I've got an NBA TV and I'm watching these summer league games. Like, so it wasn't, it wasn't honestly that big of a, it wasn't that big of a difference in terms of how I conducted my everyday viewing. Cause pretty well what I'd be watching anyway. Yeah. Uh, are you keeping track of, uh, Russ Smith over in the Chinese league? <laughs> I have seen Russ. What do you have? 81 last yeah, night? Yeah, he's 81? A- averaging 61.4. Yeah. Taking, taking Russ. I loved Russ. <laughs> taking Russ ridiculous. I did. I loved, I loved, I loved Russ. I'll always have that golden state game. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and Orlando summer league. Uh, who's your favorite all time grizzly who you thought was going to be something who maybe didn't have much of an NBA career. I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you mine. Uh, first I don't even, I, it's not, it's not even, it's not, I mean, for me, it's not even close. Oh, okay. It's OJ. It's oh OJ. yeah. Well, he, but he had an NBA career. I mean, yeah, but it's not even, no, what <laughs> OJ, what, you know, no, OJ's the one. Okay. For sure. It's not, I mean, for me, it's not even close in terms of, what you know what might have been versus what was yeah um yeah i would say i mean listen he he was done after his four years that was it with the grizzlies i mean yeah there was no like that was it um so he's won um you know I've, i've gotten excited about all of them for a while there right um you know, got excited about Selby, got excited about Roten. You know, when he saw these guys in Summer League, they were super fun. And so it, it does teach you a lesson about Summer League. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, because it would probably have to be a drafted player, right, that I really believed in, that the Grizzlies drafted. and So those were, I remember those being pretty exciting ones. Um, I, I remember. I guess there's been seg- I was gonna yeah. say I remember I remember very early the first time I watched the Grizzlies uh, catching a glimpse of Antonis Fotsis in a blowout. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Fotsis was born 15 years too early, like a stretch a stretch oh, four. Uh, you know, but there's another one. There was another one. Gordon Gerichek had oh, like 30 yeah. something points in a day in a debut against Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was like, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would. I would probably say I would probably say OJ because you could even take OJ after his first year. Yeah. Him and him and Rose were like neck and neck. You know, when we're talking, you know, the Grizzlies stunk, but like in terms of like rookie of the year and all that stuff, like he looked like he was on a serious trajectory after that. He had a great rookie year. Yeah, I think he and, was like, and he, and he shot like thirty eight percent from three that year, eighteen points per game or something to that yeah. effect. I've had a yeah, lot of fun. And it just never. I've made a lot of enemies on Twitter. Uh, I keep posting OJ Mayo's basketball reference beside Devin Booker's basketball reference. Cause they're like, they're totally, they're totally indistinguishable. <laughs> like I'm like, Hey, you guys love Devin Booker, huh? Let me tell you about a guy named OJ Mayo currently wandering the African desert. Like last. Yeah. Last, right. <laughs> he's like, he's wearing like a dashiki and a, and a Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah last, if you go look at that, if you go look at that picture that was taken of him, like in, 
wherever that was. He's wearing he's wearing like the nicest watch ever. I'm like, oh for goodness <laughs> sakes. At least at least at least go hardcore on it, right? Take off the Rolex. <laughs> That's great. All right. Uh I'm curious, Chris Vernon, when you play basketball, who is your NBA comparison to your playing style? Oh, I'm just I'm uh I'm well God, it's unfair to compare any it would be such it was so amatory to compare. You know what I'm saying? You know, oh, like, I'm I'm probably yo, I'm 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 a chucker for sure. <laughs> um and I'm a three point line to three point line guy. Okay. Like okay. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get in the mix, so I guess I guess Troy Daniels, right? There, oh, there you go. Like, I mean, yeah. How many Troy's not a big driver, right? He's pretty well That's right. Pretty well a guy that wants to shoot threes. Like, yeah, especially now. I mean, I'm old. <laughs> we play pickup or something. I ain't I ain't trying to run the full ninety four feet most of the time. Find me at the three point line and I'm a I'm gonna shoot it. <laughs> I saw you I saw you go head to head uh with the ribs at a Grizzlies game back in the day. Uh, I don't know. For our for uh, our, our non Memphis listeners, the Grizzlies have a promotional thing where uh ribs, like what are they, nine feet tall? <laughs> like like play basketball. They're they're pretty they just tackle yeah, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah, they uh those I have, I have many regrets over the course of my career. My performance in, in, in the game versus the ribs is, is, is up there. All right. Last thing. We normally start talking with breakfast. We'll wrap up talking about breakfast. Uh, first of all, did you have breakfast this morning? I, you know, weirdly, I did. What'd you have? I don't always. I don't always. I went to this place down. Uh, down <laughs> I can't. Of all the days for you to ask me about this, because I've literally never done this before. But it, maybe it's uh, maybe it's destiny, right? That I'm on your podcast and you ask about breakfast, and I happen to do this. Um, there's a place called Bedrock. It's kind of like uh, like healthy versions of stuff, but they do like you know everything's natural, organic, whatever. They use real butter, and they use you know it's it's good for you. So they I called it in because I was hungry. And I got uh, pancakes and two scrambled eggs. Nice. And that is, it is incredibly wild that you would ask me today because I've literally never done that. If I was to, I would grab breakfast, like if I'm like super hungry, I, I, I'll eat at home. Like I usually, if I eat at home, I eat a, a bowl of oatmeal and some eggs, or I try to. Um, if I'm in a rush, uh, they have these things called caveman bars. Okay. You know what caveman bar is? Yeah, I think so. It's like a, it's like a paleo, you know, meal replacement, whatever. Right. It's it's pretty good. Um, so I'll grab one of those if I'm on the run, or like if I was gonna stop somewhere. Like I've been trying to lose weight now, so like I can't just stop. I I do. I love chicken biscuits. I love chicken biscuits, <laughs> but I got to stay away from them because that'll. Uh, that's like the worst thing I could possibly eat, probably. But of all things, yeah, I did have pancakes and eggs this morning. That's that's, that's perfect. Sounds like a very hearty breakfast. Uh, have you ever been to the the Imagine Vegan Cafe in Memphis? No. Do you know what that? Okay, so uh, simultaneously with Zach Randolph's like retirement letter or whatever, not retirement, your farewell letter going viral, also currently going viral is uh, a Yelp reviewer complaining at the Imagine Vegan Cafe that the owners one-year-old baby was dancing and i quote bare butt naked uh on the table stood up bent over to show me its butthole and so now there is a uh 
there's like a Yelp war going on between the owners of, of, of the Imagine Vegan Cafe and Chelsea Bartley, who has been banned permanently for her Yelp review. But I, I was curious if you had any intel. <laughs> no, I don't even know where that is. I've never even heard of it before. Yeah, so so who knows? Well, maybe I'll try to seek that place out or your place bedrock <laughs> the, next time I'm in Memphis. And he said, said he showed the, showed the butthole. I'm, I'm just quoting. I'm quoting. They said it was... Uh, no, but I mean, that's obviously... It's not like... It's not... That can really mess up your appetite. Right? <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I know, I know. It's like, well, it's only a one-year-old, but still, like exactly. That, that is very graphic. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Well, uh... <laughs> right, like, hey, if the, if the baby ain't got any clothes on, it's like, okay, it's a naked baby. It's not the end of the world. But if, <laughs> and by the way, I've had a one-year-old. No one-year-old knows how to show a butthole off. All right, mate. So you're 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 taking the side of the owner. That's fine. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I am. It's just the internet. I, like, wait, like you would have to like lean over and like like spread your. No, well, well, it could have been like reaching to grab something, like fell over. Fa- I don't know. We don't need to. We don't need to spell it out for people. I'm just saying. I don't believe uh, you have to be older to realize that you're doing <laughs> that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that's outrageous. If you would have told me a four year old did that, then I could accept it. But the fact that you're saying it's a one-year-old, one-year-olds know nothing. They can't even, they can't do anything. That's Much true. Much less expose their butthole to somebody. <laughs> like, what? On purpose. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying on purpose. Right, right. It premeditated a... butthole showing. Yeah, premeditated <laughs> is where I think then you would have a real, real reason to be angered by that, right? Because, like, dude, come on. I think, I but, think, I think you should weigh in on Yelp. A lot of people have. So. I may do that. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, just say, yeah, just say, there's no, there's no, as, 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 as someone who has had two one year olds, this is, this is an outrageous claim or, or I want to meet the one year old that is so <laughs> diabolical that it knows already how to, no way. I just, I refuse to believe it. And in fact, I may go to the Imagine Vegan Cafe to scout this out for myself. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for uh, taking time to talk with me. Uh, all you listeners, check out the Chris Vernon Show podcast and the uh, Ringer NBA pod. Uh, thanks a bunch, man. No problem. Thanks, Keith. All right. Thanks to Chris for coming on. It was fun to talk with him. You guys write those five-star iTunes reviews, and we will read them on air if you do. Support our show at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Thank you to all of the fans who have done that already. We really appreciate the support. means a whole lot. All right. I now have to go check into my Southwest flight to Las Vegas in one minute for the most wonderful time of the year, NBA Summer League. Follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Like us on Facebook. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fast Break Break, man. You understand? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.